0: And welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur Show. I'm Justin Zara. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. For anyone who's out there who wants to find us, you can find us on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs or on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. So thank you everyone for listening in. Um, We're going to try to get, spring is here obviously, so we're going to try to liven things up a little bit. We'll get into a little bit of deeper conversations. We've started to update the questions to the entrepreneurs, so there'll be some new content coming from each episode, so that's kind of cool, and I will give a little more personal commentary, and I will get to everyone's questions that have come through Instagram uh, as well as we move forward, because I know a bunch have built up. I just haven't been able to ask them with the questions and the entrepreneurs that I've been on, so... I do appreciate them, I will figure out how to get them integrated into the podcast, so thank you guys. And with that being said, I have Alan Kaufman with us out of New York, New York, from the Pickle Guys. How are you doing today, Alan?
1: I'm doing fantastic, how's everything going with you guys?
0: It's, it's going very well, so tell me how Pickle Guys got started, um, the Pickle Guys, trademarked and everything. Um, what's your story? How did you become an entrepreneur? You obviously grew up in New York, by your, by I can tell. So, <laughs> you know, so give me your youth all the way to how you became one of the pickle guys.
1: Okay. Well, originally by trade, I'm a commercial photographer. I used to do advertising, and I've had studios in Manhattan for a while. And, and with photography and freelancing, I would work a couple of days, at I'd be off for you know, a month or two, then I work a couple months. So on my free time, I used to come down to the, the pickle district here on the east side, and I used to hang out with a bunch of the old-timers here, and they taught me how to make pickles. And, you know, while well, I drop off my books at, at the agencies, I'd wait a couple hours, and i have to go pick up my books. So I used to kill time down here with the old pickle men. I used to talk to them. And as time became, as time went on, uh, all photography went to digital, and I really want to change from... Film to digital. So I closed my studio and I went full-time into the pickle store. And the old timers got too old because they, they just got old and their children don't want to go into pickles. They want to become accountants or dentists, whatever. So it was either I take over the business and that would be the end of an era or I go into the pickle business. So I went into the pickle business. And when I first started, there were only about five different items here. We had sour pickles, new pickles, half-sour pickles, tomatoes, sauerkraut, and peppers. And over the years, uh, I've increased the line. I must have about 45 to 50 different products from pickled pineapple to mushrooms to olives. So basically, it's, you know, I love what I do. I love it when people appreciate me. Uh, I, have, I must have been serving at least three generations of people. I've cha- I served their grandfathers, I served their fathers, I served their children. And I actually have customers that come in and thank me for, ca- for carrying on tradition and thank me for being here, which is a nice feeling. It's almost like photography. When I used to do a good photography shoot and the guy said, "Wow, well, that's a great picture, it's the same thing here. When I give somebody a pickle, I go, wow, that's the best pickle I ever ate. So it's very rewarding for me to be complimented for the job that I've done. That's basically how I got
0: here. So talk to me about the art of pickling. Let's go back to the mentoring, the the elders that sort of mentored you and, and gave you apprenticeship in pickling. So what is the art of pickling? What makes it so unique? Because I agree not it is a skill, it is unique, and it is something searched out for, and you should be thanked for carrying on the tradition. But what is
1: that? Well, well, basically, like I said, when we first started, when I, when I first started, there's only five different types of pickles. And so basically, we, we went into pickling as a way of preserving food. If you would have went back 100 years ago, you didn't have refrigeration. So you need to, if you want to have green vegetables in the wintertime, at the end of the summer when the uh, growing season ends, you would gather up all your vegetables, you would pickle them, put them in your root cellar or can, whatever you wanted, however you want to preserve them. And that way you would have green vegetables through the winter and spring. If you didn't do that, you would have to wait all winter and spring and then the summertime plant again, and then you'd have to wait for the fall to get that green vegetables. So that's a way of preserving it. The way we do it here is uh, the pickles themselves. We just use salt water, pickling spices, and garlic, and cucumbers. The amount of time that they actually sit and fermentate in the barrels are going to determine what kind of pickles they are. If they're going to sit there for one to ten days, it's going to be a new pickle, like a real crisp, clean-tasting, salty cucumber. If you let them sit there for two weeks or to three weeks, they start to fermentate, they turn to half-sour pickles. And our best-selling item is a sour pickle, and that fermentates for at least three months before we even open them. They're the most garlicky and most dilly. So I learned that all from the, from the old-timers, and they showed me, they enlightened me on how to make pickles. And then, like I said, throughout the years, I added more stuff because the more things you have to sell, the more choice you have, there's more of a chance of somebody coming in and buying four or five different items than just coming in and buying one item. So I've just increased my sales five times by increasing more product.
0: So, I mean, it's obviously stuck with you. Why do you like pickling? I mean, you've always liked pickles. like. Talk to me a little bit more about this because you obviously have a passion for it. If you've went into the business,
1: well, I'm Jewish, of course. Do I like pickles. Nothing goes good with a sandwich and a pickle. Pickles, pickles, part of my heritage. It's in my blood. Uh, I, I love pickles. Pickles are fun. They're easy. You know, it's like I said, it's a craft. I know how to do it. I do it well, and people appreciate it. Uh, I, I mean, I can't think of any other reason, anything else to do but pickling. I love it.
0: So when you started this business and you decided that you're going to get into the business like how did you find a store like how did you get into the space did you start off with your own business like were you an entrepreneur before that talk to me a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey because I don't think a lot of people have been just like okay I'm going to jump from one career into the next
1: Well again if you if you want to be you know you got to decide do you want to work for yourself or you want to work for somebody else if you work for yourself, you may have a little more headache, but you also have more control over your life. If you work for somebody else, they have control over your life. So I, I want to be more control over my life and make more decisions that pertain mostly to me and live with whatever decisions I decide. Uh, so, like I said, I learned I learned this, and uh, I, I you know you, you must you, you know you want to do something you enjoy. You don't want to start a business that you don't like. So. Since this was the business, uh, the Pickle District, you want to go in the area that's most popular. People have been coming down here for years, so I stayed in the Lower East Side, which has been here since 1910. They've been selling pickles out in the street. So, you know, it was a no-brainer to open up a store in that neighborhood because people already are coming to that neighborhood. So it was already established, so I opened up that business in that name. And, again, it wasn't too much for them, too much to open up with. You know, they didn't. They didn't have no machinery. Either. Even to this day, we don't use machines. We do everything by hand. So there's no machinery. So it wasn't a big investment in that end. The biggest investment was real estate and employees and paying employees and taxes. So, you know, if you if you weigh the good with the bad, it worked out better for me to do it myself.
0: Describe all your products again. I mean, in details, because I think that. Like how? Well, okay. Let me reverse the question back. How did you come up with the idea to expand your line in your store? What What do you look at for expansion, and how do you do R and D when it comes to? And are you still doing R and D to expand your product line?
1: Okay. Well, like I said before, in order to increase sales, you need more product. If you're only selling pickles, a person's going to come in and buy pickles and leave. If I sell olives and mushrooms and peppers, they say, oh, let me get some pickles, let me get some mushrooms, let me get some olives. So now I just increase my sales by three times by having more product, more choices to choose from. Uh, as far as uh, R&D, uh, usually in the summertime when it's slow, like the month of August, I try and practice different things. And as I come with different recipes, I mess around with it, I play with it here, I tweak it here. I let people try it, and they might put some input in, and we change it, and we try it again. So we're still doing development now. Some things that I worked on, like the pickled pineapple, took me about a year to come up with to get it perfect. And some things like our bread and butter pickles only took me two tries, and I got it perfect. So it really depends on what we're making and the flavor profile we're trying to achieve. We'll take a product, a vegetable or, or, or a fruit, what we want, and we're not. in my mind I think about, don't want it to taste sweet, don't want it to taste sour, don't want it to be spicy, do I want it to be garlicky, or do I want it to be all of that? And from that, I play around with what ingredients I want to use, whether I want to use salt, whether I want to use vinegar, whether I want to use sugar. So I already, have, I already think about it in my head of what the profile of what it should taste like at the end of the product. And that's basically how I work it. And then, like I said, then I try it, and we see how it goes. Uh, so far, Knockwood, everything's been very good with us. And we, like I said, we have about, I can't tell you, about 50 different products. We have pineapple, mangoes, bread and butter pickles, bread and butter with horseradish pickles, uh, jardinier, okra, stream beans, uh, garlic olives, jalapeno olives, fermento olives, sun-dried tomatoes, green tomatoes, red tomatoes uh great tomatoes marinated tomatoes hot peppers sweet peppers sweet chilies sauerkraut i mean it's, it's a list that goes on and on and on
0: i love it i love the the variety uh, what do you i mean is this are you hoping to grow i mean you've been around for 20 years i think you said ish and like what do you if i'm not mistaken but maybe i'm wrong but Like, where are you hoping this continues to go? Do you have family members involved? How many employees do you have? Like, let's talk about some of those things.
1: Okay, I've I've been personally been doing this for 42 years, but the actual name, Pickle Guys, have been around for 20 years. Uh, We have about, it's hard to say, because people come and go, but we got, it's a small operation. We must have about 12 to 13 employees at a time. my family enjoys the pickles, but they don't want to, nobody wants to, not too many people want to smell like pickles, but I have people here that when I get too old and I retire or whatever, they will probably take over the business from me. My, my goal in life is to always have a pickle store in New York City on the Lower East Side for another two or 300 years. Uh, I'd also would like to open up a couple of other stores, a couple of more stores, and keep it growing. And get the word out there I mean idealistically I would like that one in every state but I don't know I don't know I don't know if I have that much time to run around and do it.
0: <laughs> well I like the pickle thing I think that there's it's well I love pickles I agree with you they go with every sandwich and sandwich is my favorite food um, and burgers are my favorite within that but all of that pickles on the sandwich pickles on the side of the sandwich however it happens I love all of the above And, um, so I agree with you and I like green tomatoes and I like the olives being Italian and I like any of that type of stuff, the, the pickled mushrooms and even the marinated, uh, tomatoes. So, and the grape tomatoes, like I'm drooling just thinking about it. So next time I'm in New York, I'm going to have to come visit this shop, um, here in the next couple of weeks when I'm back up there. What is it that, um, what is it that inspires you? Alan, like what inspired you as a kid? What inspires you as an adult? What motivates you? Is there any particular person or leader that has been sort of inspirational to you? Uh,
1: Well, there's not really, like I said, it's not really a person. It's more of the, the actual idea of keeping this place alive. I mean, in my head, I consider this place to be a, an actual live museum and I would like generations to continue to see this I would like three, four more generations to see that this is this comes from your heritage, this comes from uh, East, uh, East European countries when they were uh, escaped persecution and they came to America and one of the things they knew how to do was pickles they didn't cost anything to operate, they got a barrel some water, some salt, put cucumbers in it and they actually set up right on the sidewalk and they were selling it. and. They had the dream, they came to America, they found a the job, they created their own job, and they became successful and they grew and they were able to put their kids through college, have a place to live, all from selling pickles. And I would think it's important that people should know that when you come to America, if you apply yourself and you do what you enjoy, you should be successful.
0: I agree in that the American dream is achievable that that it is achievable and it's achievable and it can probably be passed down through legacy and entrepreneurship is like one of the major ways of doing it. It gives you your own legacy and your own financial independence, which I think is important as well. And I think that, One of the things also that we have is leading the people around us. So, I mean, you've been leading the individuals and the employees in your business for for 20 years. Um, What are some of the leadership skills you say, Alan, that that you use to instill core values or make sure that this business has the right individuals in it to keep it going after you're gone?
1: Well, I think the most important thing is to treat your employees like you want to be treated. Show them respect. You don't yell at them to do something. You ask them to do something. You say thank you, and they say thank you back. If you give them respect, they give you back respect. Uh, we try to keep a polite atmosphere here, a friendly, friendly business here. Like when every customer comes in, it's very important that they say when they're done paying you. When people are giving you money, it's very nice. You say thank you to them. There's nothing wrong with that. It costs you nothing, and that's the right thing to do. They're giving you money. You say thank you. So we try to install that uh, policy with every employee we have. And everybody here is kind of responsible. They, when people are sick or when they can't go, they actually feel guilty that they're not coming to work to help. And, and we keep it like a family, you know. Uh, if somebody needed something, like uh, they needed to take a couple of days off or they needed to borrow money, I help them. because not their own helping your employees. And basically, like I said we treat them with respect. They treat me with respect. We're always saying nice things to each other. We always say thank you. We handshake goodnight every night. We say shake goodbye. We shake our hands. In the morning, we say good morning. On the weekends, we go. What you do this weekend? We talk to each other. So it keeps it, you know, alive. It keeps it a family-based business.
0: So, Alan, are you a Yankees fan or a Mets fan? <laughs>
1: uh, actually, my mom was a die-hard Yankee fan, so out of respect for my mom. I'm a Yankee fan.
0: Uh, that's awesome so uh, anyway the um, when you mentioned growing up in, in pickles and, and family and tradition like what is your family background, what's your tradition did your family come over from Eastern Europe like did they instill in you the American dream
1: uh well my, my both my grandparents came from uh, Eastern Europe one came from Poland, one came from Russia uh my grandfather came here, like, in, in the early 1900s, again, to escape persecution from the war. And uh, he came here, and he worked. Uh, his first job was he worked in a slaughterhouse when he came to America. He worked in a slaughterhouse. He would bring the cows, in, and he would pet the cow, and then they would slaughter them. And that was his first job. Then after that, he ended up working for Robert Hall as a presser. He used to press clothes. And... Uh, it's amazing. Back then, he was able to make a living. He raised five kids, all in an apartment. Uh, they all they all became, you know, other businesses. One became a shoe salesman. Uh, the other three daughters married salesmen. salesmen, I guess sales is in my blood. And when he ended up retiring, because it's a different time, he had enough money to retire, and they gave him a gold watch, and Social Security was enough to live on for the rest of his life. And that's then. Nowadays you can't live on social security social security is not going to help you. So you're going to have to apply yourself a little bit more. And my grandmother came over as a little girl and she didn't come with her mother or father. She came with some family they sent her here with. Again, also to escape persecution. So I, I understand I'm only a second generation American and uh, I know the trouble they went through. So I understand that and and again, they came here for a better life, and they and they kind of they achieved it. So I guess that's how you know. <laughs> that's why I'm here to make a better life for everybody.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I think that America and pickles do make things better for everyone. So um, I like the I like it though, and I agree with you. The escaping persecution, and I think food is one of the way we we get to continue our traditions. Um, and tell our stories and tell our family stories at least as second and third generation Italians or or Eastern Europeans, Polish, Russian, German, wherever you're from. Um, right. Um, Netherlands, Africa, wherever. doesn't matter. But I think that the food is part of the way we keep their tradition. It's part of the way we tell the story, especially the food that we ate once we came here uh-huh. or our families ate. You know, um, because of needing and having lesser needing to make an income and then open their own restaurants like you said or figure out ways through food to make a living because food was a way to make a living uh when you had nothing mm-hmm. so i i think that that's all 100 percent important i think new york provided that uh for sure so do you guys do like catering like how do you do, i mean you have a bunch of different options do people come in and do event packs and like, how does it all work? How do you get the pickles? How do you sell them by the bulk? Because I don't know a lot about a pickle store, and I think uh, the world probably doesn't know or have them. Uh, so, like, how do you operate it? What are the things that you offer other than just the pickle by the pickle or the tomato by the tomato?
1: Okay. Basically, what we do is we have a retail operation, and people come in and they actually walk in off the street or they see us in toy. Guide magazines and books. We're very famous, very popular. And they come in and they buy pickles. I would say most of our business is off the street. Then we also ship anywhere in the United States. You got pickles ship right to the house. If you just go to the website PickleGuys.com, you'll see a whole bunch of pickles, and we ship, you know, pickles anywhere in the United States. Uh, we all that would be our second most popular part of the business, and our third part is we do wholesale, and our wholesale business is restaurants. We do mostly high-end restaurants. We don't do the average deli because the average deli feels like they're giving it away, their pickle, eat with the sandwich, so they don't want to spend a lot of money. And we're given a quality product and we can't do cheap. So we go to mostly high-end restaurants who understand that if they have a great meal and a great steak and a great everything and they had a lousy pickle, they're not going to remember the great meal. They're going to remember, what a lousy pickle I got. So the higher-end restaurants know that and they understand that Wow, everything was perfect. What a great place to eat. Even the pickles were good. That's how great this place was. So that's mostly uh, our our actual business here is retail, wholesale, and shipping. And, again, we've been around for a long time, and people come down, and they're amazed, and we have articles about us, newspapers, magazines, and everybody likes the pickle guys. So the word gets out there. It's mostly mouth-to-mouth, and you know uh... interview from interview
0: <laughs> so would you say that the word of mouth is most of your success then or how ha- or i mean as a sales guy how have you marketed and advertised and built this business and and how much does reputation and quality product mean to you in customer service
1: well uh, reputation and quality is the key to our business everything here is done really from mouth to mouth we don't we don't really advertise at all. The I found that earlier in life that if we advertised and I spent $2,000 in advertising, I got 2000 back, but I didn't gain any long-term uh, re- residuals from it. But from people, they'd say, oh, listen, you go into the pickle guys, pick me up this, or you gotta go to the pickle guys. I have people that come over from all over the world, even from Europe, Japan, and the first stop before they even go to the hotel is they get off the airport and they come to the pickle store. Or when they're leaving to go back to Singapore, they'll come here and get a couple of boxes of pickles to bring back with them to Singapore. Three, six, nine, so it's good. really a word of mouth. And the only thing that keeps it good or keeps people from spreading the word is they're getting a good quality product. They're getting help properly. You know, they're being treated like a normal human being. Three, six, nine, and uh,
0: three, good
1: quality, good people. And, you know, definitely word of mouth.
0: i love it and what um like from when you say you're a sales guy what are some of the things that you think that i mean when you deliver it i mean the packaging like how do you figure out how to go into ship directly do you use someone like Goldbelly? did you just figure out how to ship directly yourself i mean talk to me about that because it's not an easy venture to ship food in the mail
1: well basically our product is uh a it's a pickled product, and it can stay unrefrigerated for a day or two. Yeah, you know. So basically what we do is you had to figure out a way of keeping it from leaking because that's our biggest problem is leakage. So we got uh, glass jars with rubber-sealed lids, and we shrink-wrap them. And basically, since we have FedEx and UPS and all the other air, uh, air trash uh, – I don't know what they're called. Those. <laughs> I don't know what these guys are called. The guys that do shipping, like DHL and all that, since they're available and it makes it easier for us to go there so we don't have to go to the post office and drop it off. So we pack it up and FedEx comes and picks it up and they charge a good rate. And UPS comes and picks it up and charges a good rate. And they go all over the United States. And uh, like I said, basically we did it ourselves. You know, uh, we started our trial bearer with some one package to our friend down in California, see if he got there alright. right. Uh, I remember when we first started shipping gallons. I found I was looking for a gallon container. I actually found a gallon container, and I loaded it up with pickles. And to test it, I would take it in the, in the outside the store in the middle of the street, and I hurl it up in the air as far as I can. It'd go 20, 30 feet up in the air, and let it hit the ground, and it didn't break. And that was the container we used. So you know, it's like I said, we just did it ourselves. We, you know, we're a, we're a home team operation here.
0: I love it. Um, What about, I mean, you mentioned the business you did before and the sales. What, I mean, is there anything in particular that if you could give anyone any sales skill that you found has rewarded you over the last uh, 20 years or your lifetime, what would be like two or three valuable skills that you think that you need to learn if you aren't a salesperson in order to be a better salesperson?
1: Well, I don't know about that. I think you just need to be an honest person. You have to be reputable. you have to stand by your product and you need to you know uh give the people what they want if they're unsatisfied, you have to make right and find out why they're unsatisfied and If it happens a lot why they're unsatisfied, then you're doing something wrong. If it's just one or two customers, well maybe it's maybe it's just a freak a freak uh, uh event but the best thing is you know you have to do good quality. You have to stand by your product and you have to do the right thing that's you know that's the, that alone is ninety percent of selling something
0: and is that the reason you're in all the trade magazines and the tourist thing and the your you mentioned the word of mouth you think it's just because you've stuck by these things and you're honest with people and you give them a good product
1: Yes, I really do, and when people come in, we treat them like you know, like, like family, like customers. We we joke with them. We kid around with them. We talk to them. We don't just say, Hey, give me your money. Get out. Like I said, we talk to them. We, uh, we say how they're doing. They tell us that their family, what their family does, how, how, how they love this pickle with that pickle. Uh, when they're done, they say, thank you. And they walk out, everybody walks out of the store with a smile.
0: I agree with you. I agree. I love it. So, Alan, is there anything as we sort of start to finish things up here that you'd want to share with the audience or that you'd want to share with any entrepreneurs out there in the world that are trying to figure this out or anyone trying to figure out the American dream?
1: Well, I think, I think you should find something that you like to do, that you're passionate about to do, that you're going to enjoy doing, and try it. And if you feel don't get discouraged. Try again. Try going instead of making a right turn, this time try making a left turn. It doesn't matter which direction you go, as long as you end up where you want to be.
0: I love it. And and where can they find you online? Where can they find you in New York? Like, you have tons of followers online, so you guys are just crushing it. It's pretty incredible. So where can they find you?
1: Okay, if you want to go online for us, we're at uh, biggerguys.com uh, you can call us on our 800 number which is uh 888 pickle and we're at 357 Grand Street on the Lower East Side of Manhattan and if you come by tell them you know me, they'll give you a pickle
0: <laughs> That's awesome Thank you everyone for listening in in the audience uh, Thank you guys and Alan I really appreciate your time and you guys answering the reaching out to you and, and trying to get you guys on the podcast I've never had the a pickles uh, or a pickle business on the podcast so this is really fun for me i you know i don't even know how they work and all that but i'm going to come visit you guys maybe i'll have more questions and we can do a part two but i'll come visit you guys when i'm up in new york over the next couple weeks and uh Pleasure to have you. and i'll mention you and you will see if you'll get we'll see if about that pickle and um and everyone in the audience thank you for listening in again you can find us on instagram at justin the food entrepreneurs and you can find us on spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts and we're out